the street with each step Walking closer to my final destination of death When I'm laying the rest, I'm only saving my breath The northwest fills the lungs, kills the pain in my chest Take six quarters out of the pocket And drop it in the box, hop the 48 off to pay homage It stops often, I jot my observations Watching citizens walking off of the Joe Metropolitan yeah. Proletarians and wayward sons With old Filipino men speaking in their native tongue And the day has just begun Greeted by the scent of a bum Smelling something like beer bar and dung, a brother in Jalos in the back, all alone, marinating in a pair of half broken headphones, mumbling rhymes. Same time, begin to pen mine, appreciating God's design. Rewind, sister, reminds me of a smile in the back of my memory. Wonder if I see her again, will she remember me? I'm not trying to holler, I swear. I'm just weary of the way we hop a ride and just sit there and stare. Prepare for my nine o'clock work meeting. A couple pale folks slide right by with no greeting, but the people with my phenotype follow with a head nod up. Cause we Acknowledge that the shit fucked up North of Martin Luther King A straight war zone Detours through the concrete cranes And bulldozers Know the hill is not over still Every block got a coffee shop It's overkill Focus, no the deal Dope to see Khalil back The medicine is good again The feeling of leaving And coming back to your hood again Is priceless I write this Our lives are in crisis Most talk but don't walk The path of the righteous Despite this I measure each step Walking closer to my final destination Of death When I'm laying the rest I'm only saving my breath the northwest fills the lungs, kills the pain in my chest. Clutch the moment, a transfer in my hand, still listening, looking out the window to the golden What's going on, Portland? Welcome back. I'm back to the show. You know, it's been what two months since I've been on the show. Uh, uh, I think it's been longer. It's been a little bit longer, huh? This is uh, keeping it real. These are your hosts. My name is Aron and Nick Daisy. Uh, you know, we're glad to be back. It's been a long time. Uh, I've been coaching, you know, I've been surrounding myself with positive young little girls who's been working really hard to improve in their sports and, you know, to improve their lives. And so, you know, I've been uh, out of the radio scene for a little bit, but my guy Nick Deasy here, uh, he's been taking care of business, huh? Man, working. Yeah. That's it, just working. That adult life, welcome. <laughs> Man, I've, I've been working almost full time now. Yeah, how does that feel? It feels good yeah because it's occupying my time that's good it's always nice to stay busy huh yeah man well you know before we get too deep into the show um i kind of wanted to take a moment um and dedicate the show uh to one of my students um one of my friends uh one of the young guys that i learned so much from um his name is daniel valdevenos and daniel uh has been on the show before he came to multiple episodes um, Daniel was the type of kid that, you know, he just spoke energy into people. He spoke positive energy into people. Um, a kid who um, worked hard day in and day out to stay on the right path and to do better for himself, his family. Um, always talked about his mom and how he wanted to, to build her, uh, you know, a, a dream home. And, you know, he was just a, a kid full of life and... This Friday, unfortunately, uh, Daniel uh, ended up taking his own life. Um, he was going through some things. And, you know, so today I wanted to kind of just dedicate this show to him. Remember all the, all the good things we did together. Um, and kind of, you know, just shed more light on mental health. Uh, mental health is one of those things that goes unnoticed in many industries, including ours. And, you know, as a teacher... As a person who has been impacted, you know, uh, 
by wars and and migration and you know just learning a new language and just uh, a, a new world um i think you know i have seen mental health pop up in multiple different arenas in multiple countries and the way mental health is being addressed i think is inadequate um you know so i kind of just wanted to spend the day today just talking about that and um you know just exploring uh some concepts and you know and j- and then just catching up with uh my co-host my brother Nick Deasy uh, i haven't really got to spend much time with him since he became an adult started working almost full time yeah. so you know i just kind of <laughs> want to take the time today to just you know dedicate some songs to my friend Daniel and you know just remember him Mm-hmm. So Nick, um first of all let's let's talk about you. How you been, man? What's what's new with you? I've been good. I'm still working in Napa. Okay, and how they treating you over there? Good actually. Yeah. I mean um my bosses is real cool. Like they're not like really a boss, you know, they Yeah. They don't um put themselves up on that pedestal. They treat you like an equal? Yeah. Okay, have you been learning from them? Like, have you been picking up on... Um, I'm not going to lie, before I started working in Napa, I didn't even really know how to change a windshield wiper blade. Mm-hmm. But now I know how to, like, change blades, change lights, um, probably some more stuff. And I know that's perfect, because, you know, your car is looking all... It looks like a spaceship now. Man. He went man. from driving a, a regular car to a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> man, people people been... Um, Every time I drive around now, it's like people like try to get me to roll down the window and talk to them, or yeah. they say something about the car. Like I'll see like my car on like random videos, and I'm like, oh, that's me. Yeah, I think that's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it does say DZ on it. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's obviously your car. You know, it's your car. Stop running. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm really happy to see that you're doing well, man. You yeah. know, um, so tell me, you know, you went through the high school phase and you know you went through the ups and downs of being just a student and you know you worked really hard to get to where you're at right yeah um what would you say um some of the lessons are for you you know whether it's at work or like how what what is your mentality day-to-day life money money um not in a way to be greedy but in a way that now that I have like a savings account built up and I'm not like scra- like scraping up money and quarters for like um to the next paycheck. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Like I, I wanna go out and buy new speakers. I think I blew my subs today actually. So Good job. Oh they man, I, know. I wonder what like second set. Yeah, see that's why you don't listen, man. Your ears probably don't work either. You should get some new pairs of ears too while you at it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where to get them. <laughs> no, um shots fired. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for real. But um, save money, man. Like, I want to go out and get new speakers. I want to put bigger tires on my car, more Mm -hmm. this, more that. But it's like I'd rather have that money in case I need it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I I had to learn that with um, not making it before and, like, going without because I blew all my money at the first of the month Mm -hmm. or first of the weeks. And then, you know. You got to save that money, man. That paycheck goes by quick. You, are you the type that spends the money before you even get it like in your mind you spend um in a way i think <clears throat> i think okay so like i gotta put away like over 100 probably like a 100 and something for yeah. gas yeah i gotta pay insurance gotta pay my phone bill uh-huh. and then after that i'm like okay so then i'm gonna put a little bit away and then if i need the other i'll use it to like go out or 
Okay. No more gas. That's good. I mean, you do spend your gas. You, I see you driving all over the place. Man, not touring. Like, I think I, I started driving that car um, right after the school year started. Um, I think I've put like five. When did you get the car? I got it in August. August but I, okay. I didn't actually start driving it until sep- like mid-September, maybe mm. end. <clears throat> there's and there's so, this cool confidence that come with that, huh? Just having oh your man. own whip and yeah. That I remember. It's been let's see. What's the date today? Um, it is the eighth, the seventh. Yeah. I got my license. We um, should know that <laughs> we are on the radio. I, know. I got my license uh, on the fifteenth of this month last year. Uh huh. And so that means I got my car. I think because my did first you have your car already? The the, y- the first one. Yeah. And so the way that it worked out is I got the car. I think. I think it might have been the 8th that I bought the car, 7th mm-hmm. or 8th. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I, I called the DMV because like, my mom said, okay, well, you know, you can get your license. Mm-hmm. As long as you can pay your insurance, you can get it before you turn 18. I was like, okay, cool, let's That's do that. Nice. They set my appointment for, like, April 24th. And so it was, like, two months out. It seemed like two months out, and I wasn't I wasn't cool with that. So one morning I was at my mom helping, at my mom's work helping her, and I was like, hey, I call the DMV and then get me in earlier what does that work she was like yeah so I call and I'm like hey is there any way that I can get <clears throat> get in earlier like I'm anxious they were like yeah come in tomorrow Ooh. someone just canceled and I said oh really they said yep so uh <clears throat> I got my license like a month and a half earlier than I really thought that I was going to uh-huh. and ever since then I probably drove over 10,000 miles I promise all you. the time yeah because I remember I got the Buick I had like a hundred and twenty four, a hundred and twenty six thousand. Uh-huh. I was at like one. I think it's like one thirty five now. Oh well, one thirty two. Yeah. Say so you. Yeah. I, 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 even the snowstorm, you were enjoying your time. Oh man, yeah. Especially. Well, I didn't have the Buick when it snowed. I, yeah. I, I, I had had the Buick all the way up until you know mid September. Yeah. Then I had the Vic, and on the Vic I put. It, it came with like sixty two. I think <laughs> I'm hitting sixty six soon. <laughs> Man, and that's like hilarious. the ne- and like the next eighty miles, I'm at sixty six thousand. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, that's good though, man. I'm glad you know you're having fun with that car. You know, it, it looks good. It, <coughs> it looks really good. Thank you. Yeah, you put in a lot of good work though. It shows, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can do it, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember you saying that you were gonna get a car and it was gonna be a nice car, your junior year in high school, and then now you graduated and not only did you get your car, you even made it look nicer and it looks like a collectible right and that's and that's really cool it shows how dedicated you are um Uh now let's switch lanes a little bit and let's talk a little bit about daniel um you um had interactions with him as well right Um, we both had him in our radio show and at the same time you went to school with him correct Mm -hmm. um so (coughs) what, what were some of the memories you have of daniel since today's dedicated to him um one of the biggest memories was uh, when we were here and we were signing off for like the last time that he was on the show, mm-hmm. and um, he said, uh, "What did he say? He said something like just just because we're hood don't mean that we're not no good, mm-hmm. or something like that." So I've been like hearing him say that the past couple of days, but I mean, um, one of the first days of school, my senior year, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. Jeannie. Yeah, yeah, she was uh, set me and him down to talk about our classes, and he was like. Um, he was getting into a job and he was uh, trying to graduate early mm-hmm. and he could have and um, 
he was doing everything and it, it was just good to hear someone he was younger than me mm-hmm. he was a junior and I was a senior and he was gonna do it he was gonna like making his big plan I was like hey that's dope like I like that and that mm-hmm. made me want to like push he was dedicated enough yeah because I was like I'm not gonna not graduate and then have a junior graduate early yeah like that I was kind of just like okay I gotta do this he was, he was a good motivator huh yeah, and then we, we had conversations and everything. He's cool, like, rest in paradise, you know? Yeah, I remember the first day he walked into my class. And I said, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, like, usually, I, you know how I greet kids when they walk in. Oh, yeah. Try to, you know, crack some <coughs> jokes and goof off a little bit with them. Uh, I remember him, you know, like, he was very um, wise, you know? Uh, I remember one day he came up to me and he said, do you ever wonder what your purpose is in life? And I remember saying, yeah, I always do. And he said, you know, I was listening to some TED Talks. Now, I didn't even know what TED uh, TED Talks were until I got to college. And this kid in high school was here recommending some, you know, motivational speakers and some TED Talks for me to listen to. And I could say the same for Miss Holly. Matter of fact, he gave Miss Holly a book that she still, you know what I'm saying? Even today she was talking about that. so you know it was it was just amazing to have a kid like him. I haven't seen a lot of people that you know just motivate others he was he was like probably seventeen or eighteen when I met him, but mm-hmm. like he was twenty five twenty six like his mental mentally it felt like yeah. I was talking to somebody my age or older even yeah. you know um some of Daniel's dreams were like he wanted to work. Uh, he wanted to do to own his own construction company one day, um, you know. And I mean, the kid was very bright. Even when we talked about, you know, we talked about concepts of morality and, um, you know, what makes right right and wrong wrong. You know, like, and just the the he he was deep even on a philosophical level. You know, um, but it also goes to show how you know like sometimes. Even those of us who's, who have everything together um, also go through some things personally, right? Um, mental health is something that happens, you know, to, to any person, right? It's, it's, nobody is safe from it. We all go through hardships in life, and sometimes it's really hard to bounce back, you know? Okay, we got a caller, Jack oh, Nix, uh, from Houston. Hey, okay. Keep keep it cool. Is that your uncle? <laughs> yeah, that's my <laughs> uncle, man. That's, okay, um, yeah. We we have actually before he gets on, we have the same tattoo, the same Davidson tattoo on our arm. Oh man, that's same, nice. Same spot, uncle same Jack. everything. Don't be getting me, don't be getting me in trouble, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, How you on. doing? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Oh, we're doing well over here, man. How's Houston treating you? Yeah. Uh, it's cool, man. Um, I I want to say I really appreciate uh, all the time that you spent with him. Yeah, thank um, you. I know he he thinks very highly of you. Thank you. <laughs> you good? Uh, no, no, no. You good? You good? He's the brightest star in the Davidson clan, right? <laughs> man, oh, I'm man. trying. Well, you I'm should trying. see him, man. He's he's as red as a tomato right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my uncle. Just for everyone who knows, he recently moved uh, from Gresham to like 257th. I was going out there like every night. It mm-hmm. seemed like that long drive, but he moved out to Houston and. No, I might not be far behind. Yeah, hey, uh, can you tell me uh, some some embarrassing stories about Nick? No, hey, no, please don't. 
<laughs> I don't I don't have I don't have any real embarrassing stories about Nick. Uh-huh. But I got I I got some dude I'm five foot five. Yes, let me get those. Oh one yeah, hear one. So uh I got I got some pictures uh-huh. Sent- of Nicky on my shoulders uh-huh. and he's he's like he's like two foot nothing, but his head was as big as mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that we're at the park over by Anamo's house. See, I always oh, yeah, told yeah, yeah. you you got a big head. Nobody hey, listened hey, to me. I'll, I'll find a picture and I'll send it to you. Like, yeah, uh, I was please little. do. I want to. I want to see that. Yeah, like he went from that picture he, to we have a picture at Grandma's house now, and it's like he just looks like my son. Oh. Uh, he was. He was just like he was just a scary little shorty, but man. his head was as big as mine. But he was like two foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> uh, we we still have that picture. I have it in my baby book. Man, yeah, yeah. this this guy's a great guy, though, man. You know, uh, a lot of people think I do a lot for him, but honestly, um, you know, he it, it's both ways, man. The things Nick did for me, man, it's it's amazing. He got me through a lot of tough times by just even being, you know, the caring person he is. Yeah, he 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 got himself where he is. Ain't nobody done nothing for that kid, man. Yeah, he worked I very mean, hard. We just we just we support, but he's. He's he's all he's all real. He's always had a big head on his shoulders. I mean, a good head on his shoulders. That's, yeah, that's what I meant <laughs> to say. No, no, big head. Yeah. You're right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it's so great to hear from you, huh? Hi, right, bro. Yeah, all call right. us back sometime. All right. All right. You guys stay safe out there. Right. Middle of nowhere, really. Man, I mean. You know, that's love right there. He just called you from Houston. Man. I got uncles over here who don't even think. <laughs> yeah, um, we actually, we got like real close the past, uh, I would say like six, seven months, maybe eight. Tell me about that uh, um, uh, relationship between you and your uncle. I mean, when I was younger, he was around a lot, it seemed like. And um, recently, like the past, you know, probably 10, 12 years, he's uh, work, mm-hmm. work, work, work. That's all he did. I remember he's pulling think they said like 12 14 hour shifts mm-hmm. because people would call in or they'd need him and he was trying to get in a certain position at his job for like a year and he kept doing all this and he still didn't get it yeah um, and that happens sometimes yeah and so after that he was just kind of like like where'd everything go so now like we reconnected and we went from like I, i've probably only seen him once or twice a year like on my birthday if he if he could make it or mm-hmm. christmas if he could make it to like I was going out to their house sleeping sleeping on their couch yeah. uh, we was ordering food you know going out um would you say he played that big brother role too yeah some mm-hmm. some that it would have been nice to have it a lot like yeah. sooner because I mean now it's like man I miss him he moved like yeah. I, I, I remember when when I first got word of them moving I was like okay like yeah, that's gonna yeah. suck that's my uncle he's moving but now it's like man we got close like yeah we got stopped by the train down on Columbia and we're listening to the music in the car and yeah. just hanging outside the car. And it was nice to get real close to him and my aunt because I know you're listening too. Um, yeah, it, I mean, they're how, some of the closest people that I got. How important would you say is that type of support for somebody growing up? Um, it's It's real big because it shows that you got people who are there for you, who mm-hmm. love you and um, are always going to be there for you. Right. I mean, I can call them at any time, and if the phone wakes them up, they're gonna answer. And yeah. if it doesn't, then they're gonna call me right back. Yeah, it's always how it, how it is. Like even before we got super close, if I called, he'd be there. Yeah, and I mean, man, I can't even <coughs> help but imagine or think about you know, um, 
the the youth that don't get that you mm-hmm. know like you know i i know that you you ha- you didn't have your father in your life but you had your grandpa and mom and then you know people like your auntie and your uncle who cared about you and who you know mm-hmm. were there for you yeah, um my grandma too yeah and you're, of course sorry I, I can never leave your grandma out that's your backbone right man um and at the same time like your mom worked so hard for you know and, and played yeah. two different roles and so like i can only think about like those kids and you know i see a lot of those kids yeah. who you know just don't have even at the very least that that level of support in their life and yeah um you know and it's like no wonder why we have you know a lot of mental health um mm-hmm. things going on around you know and because even when i look at our school system there isn't enough and and i'm talking about in general right there isn't enough school psychologists out there like who would you know even mentors and um you know who who would simply just be there for a kid you know and teachers play a huge role in that support you know a lot of teachers play such a huge role but they are overworked you know like they see at least what a hundred to 200 students a day and Mm -hmm. you know and and you could only do so much as one person but at the same time man i wish there was enough like instead of just one or two psychologists or you know like or you know just social workers at a school that has a thousand students like can you imagine what that caseload is like and you know a lot of kids end up falling through those cracks and Mm -hmm. and even for adults like in workplaces like i I don't think i mean you name any company that has that much support for their adults too you know i think a lot of people just work you know 40 to uh, 60 70 hours a week and then everything that's going on with them at home and everything that's going on with their families and stuff they keep it bottled in and that manifests in other forms you know whether it's self-harm or drugs or alcohol or you know whatever it is that you do to cope just so you can make it to the next day i think that that's things that are going unnoticed in today's you know in today's world i just hope that we could collectively invest more in people who you know like who do that type of work yeah because like anxiety like depression all that's real like um like you might see someone who's having like anxiety attack like oh get over it get through it you're good Mm -hmm. you can't just do that like that's something that's been real for me like even if nobody knows or you may not see it like i could be having an anxiety attack but i'd be laughing what you trying to play it off you know Mm -hmm. and so um that's been something that's been real for me a lot so I always tell people, like, you know, I may joke around. I might be who you think I am. But if you call me or you text me and you need someone to talk to about anything that you're going through, I'm going to be right there, you know? like. And that's that's another <coughs> thing I appreciate about you, Nick, is I always see a lot of younger people gravitate to you. You know, like even people your age group, younger, mm-hmm. they gravitate to you. You play that big brother role to so many students right now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Today, actually, I was sitting in class and I see you walk out with, like, eight students following you you know you you were just a student last year yeah and we went up and all yeah and, and they were so excited you could see the joy in their face as they're like following you out yeah we, we went up to the park and um t- 
took pic- the pictures were fun, man. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I miss school. Everyone told me to slow down and don't be on a go so much. Like, mm-hmm. you're gonna miss school. I was like, nah, get out of here. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know what you're talking about. Stop it. You yeah. don't know. But now, if I could go back, even to before I had a car or my mm-hmm. license, if I could just do senior year over again, I would love it because it's it, it was like the best year that I had. It was hard. I went through a lot. But, um, man, high school went by so quick. Man, and that's the thing, though. Like, you rocked it in high school. And then, on top of that, you know, now you're back and you're giving back to your own high school. You know, I think that's big within itself. Um, you know, at the same time, like, I also think that um, the fact that you went through anxiety and, and, you know, like depression and you fought all of that and you showed up every day, mm-hmm. and even in the summer. You, for those of you who didn't know, Nick was there with me the entire summer working Man. in the summer program. We, we spent, me and Aron spent, what, junior year, sen- mm-hmm. junior year, the Your, summer. The end of your sophomore, sophomore, junior, no, it was. And the sophomore. And the sophomore, junior, and then your senior year. And yeah. those summers, too, we spent in those summers. the summer of junior year, summer of senior year. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time. Yeah, and then look at look at you, man. Like, And now you're back, and you're giving that same time to those students, you yeah. know? And if that doesn't speak volume of you, I don't know what else does, right? Man. Um, but even in case, you know, like a lot of those kids that you were around today, there are a lot of, I could see a lot of them still trying to find their identity with the school. A lot of them were new to the school. And so they're just in that phase where they're just like trying to navigate, figuring out who their favorite teacher is and what their favorite class is, and even just how to establish themselves along, uh, you know, amongst other students. And the way that they clicked with you, man, like normally those are the kids that teachers are like nervous about. Mm -hmm. But with you, it was like a flow that you could see the joy in their face. And you weren't even sweating them. You weren't like coddling them or like chasing them or they you were just chilling with them yeah you, you don't really got to like i, I seen that with delphine when when i first met her um shout out to delphine yeah automatically one of the real ones oh man automatically <laughs> i was like we're gonna get along and so that that's kind of why when we first got the opportunity to do this class i was super happy um and i wanted to like reflect what she did mm-hmm. i wanted to be that teacher because growing up like i didn't want to go to school yeah I, I i would fight going to school and that's one of the hardest things man the attendance rates now are alarming and this you know in every school so many kids are just like giving up on education because education is given up on them you know yeah and to me if that's not alarming then i don't know what else is mm-hmm. you know um I mean, we do things like door knocking, phone calls, Facebook, whatever we can to get kids in, right? Yeah, like Um, I'm waking up early, early morning. I'm talking, I didn't have work till 1 o'clock, but I was waking up at 8 a.m. because I was like, okay, well, I'm taking Jekyll and Lance to school. They live down the street, but I'm not sure they get to school. And man, and that has done so much for them. Look Mm -hmm. at how close they both are to graduating now. Oh, man, it's going to be good. Like, I remember... When Jacob first came to the school, I was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know who he is. And then now it's like we hang out. Like, And he's so quiet, but mm-hmm. he does his little quiet jokes. You know, he'll come yeah. right next to your ears and say something out of line to you. And <laughs> yeah. he'll have you cracking up, but nobody else knows why you're laughing so hard. Yeah, I feel like a kid you know? back. I feel like a just a young kid back in, like, class because 
when we're teaching, it's like we're all having fun, we're all laughing. Um, me and him are cracking jokes, and we're I haven't laughed that hard as I did today because we're just having fun, like with the green screen and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's like I mean, we we haven't had one big argument or any argument really in class. We haven't had any fights, any students walking out or being disrespectful. But it's just it's the way that you conduct your class and yourself. You give them room to grow, man, and I really appreciate that f- about you. And Delphine, I see you in the studio. I have so much I want to say. <laughs> oh, go for no, it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I just want to say that, um, well, I mean, how proud I am of Nick and so thankful that you're like, you know, using some of my strategies around teaching. But I mean, first we teach something like fun, like photography and radio. Mm -hmm. But I think like what I like about the rhythm that we kind of have now in the class is that all of the students know how to use the equipment and Mm -hmm. they teach each other. And I think like in the class, I try to do what we do at KBU, which is, you know, like make sure that everybody knows that they're bringing something to the table mm-hmm. and that they're going to teach us something and that we all have something also to teach them as to how to use the equipment and how we work in the class with each other. Yeah. But, you know, folks are just so receptive and actually, like, we don't have no students walking out. <laughs> we have students walking in. We have Yeah, like, I love it. Amber today was like, are all these students in our class, <laughs> Delphine? Yo, <laughs> it was, was so funny. Me, she was keeping <laughs> me on track. She was like, I don't think this person should be She started class. doing attendance for <laughs> you. <laughs> Um, no. It was awesome. <coughs> we, we started out beginning of the year, first day, we had like six students. End of last quarter, we had about two, two or three regulars, and now we have what, two like 15. 10, Yo, 10, 15. I walked into the <laughs> class today and, you know, just say hi to you. And then out of nowhere, there was like this impromptu sh- uh, photo shoot. Like the kids were like standing on the green screen yes. and they started taking pictures. <laughs> oh man, you look like you knew what you were doing. Like like every pose. Oh like y'all know I'm just, a model. He was just they he was just I, he was just automatic. And the agencies out there don't hire me. I mean you know, I'm I'm a natural. No I'm not. Um, but it was so fun because it was just like I could see their energy, man, and they were just so excited to even Gage was so excited to take pictures and Ajene and. And you they know. take the lead. You know that's what they like it. Like there's nobody telling them like. Be careful with the equipment. No, don't do this. No, don't do that. It's like, hey, if you're using the camera, you need to have the strap around your neck, period. Mm-hmm. You know, And everybody follows that rule. It's kind of amazing, actually. And they teach each other that. And nobody breaks you know, that one rule. You know, there's yeah. only one rule. And, and everybody is on it. And what I love about Nick's leadership also is that, um, yeah, like, he is just he is not like we're not using like any fear tactics we're not raising our voice we're not like setting rules we're just like you know ourselves and telling people like you have young people you also can you know be everything that you can be in this room only Mm -hmm. if you know you respect yourself and you respect each other and it, it works it works out really well and as you know like i just trust nick so much you know like it's like take these young people outside sorry we cannot go to the store and you know and and also make sure everybody gets a turn on the camera and everybody got a turn yeah. they told me that yeah they say everybody took pictures i was like really yeah. they're like yeah we took turns Five by the way i want the pictures they took of me Th- those are gonna go on my social media okay oh, i'll yeah. tag you yeah, yeah. We, we were up at the park and um someone had the camera and i was like hey make sure you know just make sure everyone gets a it gets a chance and oh yeah for sure for sure and pass it on and they, i was like wow yeah it's just so positive man like it brought a smile to my face. i was in my own class when i seen y'all walk you know and i just it brought me peace man like that's huge 
I want you to know that you're doing something really big, especially at what? How old are you now? Thirty. Nineteen. Eighteen. He's still? at eighteen yeah, years be, old, man. Yeah. Like and I had no clue that you were like getting up to go get Lance and Jacob to school. Yeah. Like Jacob has like just flourished, blossomed into such an awesome being. I mean, he's always been an awesome human being. Right. But only you and I maybe knew, you know. Yeah. And now he is able to like actually like I heard him joke with Gage and other you know students today. Like he is able to get out of his shell because he feels. Um, like um, uh, he feels really strong around you, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like, and that is that's just awesome, you know. Anytime, like, you can just with your energy set up the tone as to how people should treat each other. Like, that's awesome. That's big. Yeah, I'm know. so yeah. proud to know you and work with you, Nick. Yeah. Thank you. Likewise. Likewise. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up like no brothers, no sisters. I was just the only child. So now, like, the people who's close to me, like Jacob, like. Like Shay, um, mm-hmm. uh, shout out I, to Shay. Shout out to Shay, and you know he's serving right now. Shout when's out to he, my cousin too. When's he, he coming home? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. But also my cousin, he's in the Air Force. Okay, it's, it's shout school. out to him too. What's yeah. his name? Josh. Shout out to Josh in yeah. the airport. Yeah, or airport Air, Air Force. Force. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean ha- having them be close to me as as brothers to me and making sure that they're always okay feels good, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That's really cool. Um, I know you chose a song, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that song? Uh, it's it's one eight hundred. I don't know the whole number. We'll we'll, we'll get it out there. But um, let's see if we can see it's it from one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. And that's the uh, that's the number for the suicide hotline. I listened to that song one time. I was in the car at work, and um, that song came on. I was like, okay, well, this is trash. I don't listen to Logic. Mm-hmm. And then I actually listened to the song, and I was like, wow, like. It almost had me tearing so up. So deep, huh? Yeah, it actually yeah. did have me tearing up. I was like, man, this is a good song. Yeah, so we're going to dedicate this one Yeah. Um, to everybody out there who's going through some tough times. And, you know, this this is a great song. So uh, Delphine's going to queue it up for you. Yeah, and again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. I've been on the low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Who can relate? I've been on the low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I don't wanna be alive I don't wanna be alive I just wanna die today I just wanna die me no one's heroic in my life don't even matter i know it i know it i know i'm hurting deep down but can't show it i never had a place to call my own i never had a home ain't nobody calling my phone where you been where you at what's on your mind they say every life precious but nobody care about mine i've been on the low i've been taking my time i feel like i'm out of my mind it feel like my life ain't mine who can relate Woo! i've been on the low i've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I want you to be alive I want you to be alive You don't gotta die today You don't gotta die I want you to be alive I want you to be alive 
tell you why It's the very first breath when your head's been drowning underwater And it's the lightness in the air when you're there chest to chest with the lover It's holding on though the road's known and seeing light in the darkest things And when you stare at your reflection finding open who it is I know that you'll thank God you I know where you've been, where you are, where you're going I know you're the reason I believe in life Today without a little night I'm just trying to set a little light It can be hard It can be so hard But you gotta live right now You got everything to give right now I've been on a low I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Who can relate? I've been on a low I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind Feel like my life ain't mine I finally wanna be alive I finally wanna be alive I don't wanna die today I don't wanna die I finally wanna be alive I finally wanna be alive I don't wanna die I don't wanna That was Logic with 1-800-273-8255. Beautiful messages, beautiful message. Um, you know, uh, if you ever feel like you're alone or you know that you have no support system out there, understand that there is always somebody out there who's looking up to you, uh, somebody who's following in your footsteps, whether you know it or not. Um, and it's never too late to change your life. It's never too late to take a step back and reevaluate your plan. Um, you know, it's it's sometimes it's very hard to be alone, and sometimes it's very hard to cope with tragedies and and trauma in our lives. Um, but just remember that there is always somebody who is willing to go all out for you. There is always somebody who is willing to reach out to you and to and, and to pull you up. Um, you know, it's 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 a scary thing, you know, to even uh for a person to to think that they're not worth living. For a person to think that, hey, um if I die today nobody would care. You know, and so um I think that there is always somebody out there who cares about you. There is always somebody out there who want to see you succeed. Um, so please, please, please reach out to somebody if you're feeling that way. Reach out to somebody, whoever, um, and try to get the help. Um, you know, today uh, it was my, my student's funeral today. And uh, 
one of the first things I thought about when I walked into that, uh, you know, uh, into the venue where they had his funeral, um, was I seen people from all different walks in life, different races and ethnicities, different ages, and they were all crying for the same person. Um, you know, and that was very powerful for me to see because Daniel was loved by many, um, you know, and he is somebody who's been through it. You know, he's been through the, the system. Um, he came to school every day and fought hard for his education. There were so many instances where he could have made the mistake of fighting somebody or, you know, just relapsing. But he always chose to fight. He always chose to, you know, just to, ca to carry himself. He always chose to reach his goals he always kept his goals in front of him um he loved people and he loved them genuinely um i could tell you that every teacher daniel had loved him we all went to his candlelight vigil just to you know a, a lot of us has still not understood you know what it meant like when i heard the news i still i couldn't comprehend it I, you know not Daniel not my Daniel right but at the same time that shows that you know people go through stuff and you know for one us adults we need to be more vigilant we need to be more supportive to youth um, and for two we, we also need to be easy on ourselves sometimes and not take ourselves too seriously um, so once again you know if you need the support or the help please reach out um you know there's always somebody out there who's willing to help you and can i add something around yeah duffy uh yeah because i was really devastated when i heard the news of uh, daniel i think that um um our society also um kind of forces all to pretend like everything is fine mm -hmm. you know so i think that's the other big big piece because as you say like all of us remember Daniel as like being so full of life and full of joy and full of wanting to help people and wanting to be the best best person he could be. He was always helpful, always like the first person asking, you know, to help you. Mm -hmm. um, and and so I think like we all do that, you know, sometimes we're not doing well. And instead of saying that. You know, we don't. That's also why I do check-ins in my classrooms because mm -hmm. some days I'm not doing well and I don't want to pretend. I want to be able to tell my students, hey, today I'm actually going through something. Um, just so you know, I mean, not that I need them to do anything about it, but, you know, I just need them. And so, yeah, we do like a, a written check-in also where students get an opportunity to say if they have things going on because... You know, whether you're sick or you're really hungry and you have no food at home or, you know, even when you've made the decision to like put makeup on your face instead of eating breakfast. Mm -hmm. These are like real life choices that our young people have to make. And they have consequences that unless we're like clear and have conversations about like they're just are never, you know, able to either get healthier coping mechanisms or, you know, even understand that they're not the only ones struggling, you know? Right. So I feel like I'm so thankful for us being able to talk about mental health in this way because all of us have a mental health. All of us have, you know, a brain and all of us are going through 
uh, things in life that human beings are not supposed to. All mm-hmm. the traumas that we are undergoing is re- we're not designed, you know, as a species to be able to handle some of that. So I think mental health is just uh, our brain's way of coping with a lot of the trauma, you know. Definitely, and you know, uh, that's that's a big word for me, trauma. Right. Um, a lot of people don't even recognize their own traumas, right. you know, and it manifests itself in many ways, whether it's them beating their kids or, you know, drinking themselves to sleep mm-hmm. or, you know, just the self-abuse that happens, um, yeah. you know, or just negative self-talk, whatever it is. You know, we all have traumas that we got to begin to recognize and we all got to start having these conversations with our youth about these things. Um, I think and this is just my honest opinion. I think that adults have a lot of unreal expectations of youth. Um, You know, like sometimes you see an adult who wasn't even perfect themselves growing up having these unreal expectations of kids. And it's like they're kids. They still need time to process and learn and, you know, make mistakes. We crucify kids for making mistakes, whether it's in our education system, um, our, our criminal justice system, you name it. We cr- we literally crucify our kids. And if and I may say, maybe Daniel was one of those kids. He that was we definitely crucified. Definitely yeah. one of those kids. And it's like, man, what what part of you know, like learning, m- majority of learning comes from life and right. mistakes. And there is a healthy way of teaching a kid, like, okay, this is a mistake. Now let's learn from that and let's move on, right? But instead, what we do, scold kids, punish them send them to detention or you know in certain countries they still beat kids you know where I went to school I used to get whooped all the time I wasn't you know the best student either (laughs) I was one of the troublemakers but I still think that we crucify our kids for little mistakes and we are not or I'm a true believer in in the fact that our criminal uh, justice system is not made to rehabilitate kids you know, I think no. it's it's just a business now, and yeah, um, that that part right there, that's painful for me. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what do you think, Nick? Um, I actually have someone who's become a little brother to me. Um, he he kept relapsing and going back to drugs. Um, he went to jail for a month, went to jail for two months, and then his last time, um, they said you can go to j- I think it was jail for a month or rehab for close to six. And he was like, I'm going to rehab. Um, jail's going to be too easy. I'm going to get in there and get right back out. Mm-hmm. And um, he recently just got out um, one week ago today. Oh, my God. The night that he got out, I was like, bro, you're not going back. You're not going no, back to that. Okay. I, I mm-hmm. met his dad, his mom, his grandma, his grandpa. Um, mm-hmm. His dad was like, you guys need to start coming out here more. We'll cook. We'll barbecue. We'll, we'll kick it. Like, I like you guys. Like, you guys are going to be positive for him. It was me, Jordan, and Jacob. Wow. Um I took him up to the Jiffy Lube where his, his uncle works. He he applied that night, bro. He started Monday. Wow. He's Man, been working. I am so proud of you for Man. doing that, too. Nick, bro. you're just so amazing. Man, thank you. Yeah, I am so proud of you for doing that. Yeah, he, he's been working all week. I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he's ever had a job, and now he's been working all week doing his thing, and it's like he, he knew that going to jail was going to be too easy, mm-hmm. and so he, he wanted to make a change himself, and so... You know, and that's a kid who's given. You know what's interesting, even to you, Delphine, and I'm sure you see that too. Um, sometimes I'll be in class and I'll be teaching a lesson, and then a kid would say something, and you you could see it like bam, like they'll call out for help right there. And a lot of people like sometimes I'll stop what I'm doing, and we'll start that conversation right on the spot, 
and then you it's so crazy how it works like you'll see everybody in class just become this weird like cohesive unit and they would all like support each other throughout that conversation have that ever happened to you too yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think that it it does happen whenever you create a climate of like uh, trust, you know, wherever students feel that um, they actually, you know, um, can share, you know, some of what they have going on. And I think it's very important that we do whatever you do. What you just said you did, you know, is actually listen and reach out and and open up and um and when you do that then the other youth then usually open up also and start bringing that support yeah. um, because if we just shut it down i mean again there's that same thing of like just pretending that this is just something that individually we're supposed to deal with yeah it's definitely. not gonna work it takes a yeah. community you know yeah and just like you know nick is talking about his friend you know like it's just you know yeah everything that his friend is 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 doing is also you know um, enable but like Nick's support and you know um, the support that Nick is receiving from his family and from you and I you know so it yeah. really does take I mean I feel like Mary Postal Wade because on Kitchen Table Conversation Mary of course you know always talks about how it takes a village you mm-hmm. know to uh, to raise children and to take care of them and that's one of the things that she talked about today you know how adults need to um, be there for the young people if we exactly. want young people to be there for us in a certain way then we need to be there for them we cannot expect them to have compassion if we don't have compassion for them exactly it's reciprocal you know and i think that that's a part of growth right um we go through stuff and then we pass that experience on to younger kids um one thing that i found very interesting also delphine is that trauma is passed down via dna um yeah intergenerational trauma uh uh-huh and that you know, so, so a kid could be perfect in school. He could, you know, could be, you know, the model p- poster child. But deep down, they're in turmoil. And they don't know why because it was passed down, you know, like from so many generations ago. And to me, like, that should be enough for us to understand why mental health is important. Why um, even empowering young ladies you know, in today's society, you see all of these um, sexual harassment cases that are just coming out now that happened even for the last 50, 60 years, you know. And to me, like all the exploitation that's going on, the sex trafficking, all of those things, those are all traumatic events. Is there support there for these people, especially somebody who gets out of that situation? Do they have the support to restart their life and to carry on, right? And even when they're restarting and, and, you know, let's say they get that part right, they still need more support to keep them going, right? Because guess what? We still play those memories over and over and over. And anxiety is real. Depression is also very real. And, you know, like, you never know what might trigger those reactions. And so I think, once again, it's very important for us as adults to recognize what our traumas are and at the same time i urge every adult out there that's listening take into consideration if you have kids try to understand why they had a bad day at school that day before you punish them um you know let's take the time to teach kids and let's invest in their emotions because um you know a lot of those things that are neglected right now show up later 
mm-hmm. and when they do it's usually really harsh yeah um there's something that just popped in my head someone that i'm i'm close to you know gunner mm-hmm. um I, I don't even introduce him oh this is my friend gunner i say this is my little brother mm-hmm. everyone that we Definitely. that we rock with knows him as my little brother um I went out to eat with him and his mom one time, and she told me a story. When he came home, he was he was young, probably kindergarten, first grade, I think. Um, he'd, he'd hit someone at school and got sent home. And when he got home, um, she she said that, like he was going to get whooped or something. He said, Mom, I just got in trouble for whooping someone or hitting someone, and now you're going to whoop me. And she just sat there and thought, like, wow, what? what? It's so bright. What, what's, yeah. what's going on? And she, she he I don't think he ever got whooped again. But I mean, that, that's something that um, making a connection at that young, like with everything like yeah. that. Yeah, kids are sponges, you know. Whatever we do is how they learn, you know. Mm-hmm. If we're whipping them, then that's what they're gonna. That's how they're gonna react to everything else. Yeah. If you teach them how to go through their emotions and put them in words, and talk about their feelings, especially hey men, there's no such thing as you're too manly to talk about your feelings or Man. you yeah. know, like to try to uh, even crying like telling you know your friends you love them there is nothing wrong with that let's support each other don't, you know what i'm saying don't be too hard for yourself don't be too hard on yourself no like, for yourself like, for yourself don't don't oh, be the person who, who can't cry who can't be like i get off the phone with shay because i never know when he's getting shipped out or not i'm like hey mm-hmm. bro i love you i'm gonna talk to you later call mm-hmm. me when you can gunner all that like Same i way. got love for them like my little like my brothers man and so i know that i could lose him at any time exactly you know, and for, forbid that happen but and you're somebody god i'm so happy to have you man i mean man and if y'all know all those guys that we're talking about you'd be happy too oh yeah <laughs> yeah man um but anyways i think you know our time is coming to an end so nick i'm gonna I'm let you say one thing you know that you want to leave people with delphine you're gonna go next and then i'll go last cool all right. um if you see someone struggling be there um it's been something real for me growing up like with hard times like that and my grandma and mom and grandpa being there through everything is why i'm still here today you know doing what i'm doing so if you see someone struggling be there for them because you might be all they have thank you nick um uh i think that yeah i mean i just i just want to say that um yeah i'm really terribly satin about daniel taking his own life and I'm going to really be thinking um, about him and the implications of that quite for some time. I think what I would like to leave people with is just, um, you know, um, treat people like you want to be treated. You know, I think like that's kind of cliche, but really think about that. You know, what does that mean? How do you want people to talk to you and, and treat you? Thank yeah. you, Dale. Um, and for me, I'll just say, you know, um, Remember that you're human. Remember that we all uh, go through things and, you know, you don't have to be strong and carry the load all by yourself. Um, There's always somebody out there who cares. You just got to find them. Um, You know, and at the same time, take the time and love yourself. Um, You know, stress, you got to find a way to cope with that. And I hope it's a healthy way. Go on a walk. Listen to music. Music is a universal language. You know, talk to people. Uh, But most importantly, let the ones you love know that you love them. Um, With that being said, I'm going to leave you to a song that I dedicate to Daniel. It's called Daniel, My Brother. And that song was also played in my cousin Daniel's funeral. Um, It's by Elton John. See the red till you lie.